All right, folks, welcome to this episode of the Jackson Lucas Impact Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Chris Papa. And today we have a very, very special guest, my co-host and head of real estate at Jackson Lucas, Lisa Flicker. How are you doing, Lisa? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Chris. How do you think you did on that podcast? Well, I'm going to say excellent. I want people to listen. If I don't say excellent, then you're not going to listen, I right? Know. If you don't root for yourself, who will? Exactly. Well, we, yeah, you had a great conversation about your career, the real estate industry today, hiring, compensation, the growth at Jackson Lucas, how you got to where you are today, um, your favorite book, or your, at least the one you're listening to now. Um, very insightful. And I think I know people will get to know you a lot better from this podcast. So thanks so much for coming on. Thanks again for having me. And I look forward to being a co-host of this podcast for many years. Awesome. Well, folks, please, we love when you listen. It really helps us if you like and rate and review the podcast and please share with your friends. Thanks so much. Please enjoy. All right, Lisa Flicker. Thanks for coming on the Jackson Lucas podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderfully. Thanks for having me today. All right. Well, this is a cool podcast because you are now the head of real estate search here at Jackson Lucas. So congratulations and welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It is, um, it's kind of surreal, but I'm very excited to be here and I'm very happy to have both the literal and proverbial microphone of Jackson <laughs> Lucas. <laughs> And you, now you know what it's like to resign from a job and start a new job, like all of our candidates, we help them through that process. How, how was it? You know what? I'm sad to say it was actually worse than I expected. And I'll tell you, I have, I definitely have a newfound respect for every candidate that has to go through the process of resigning from a firm where you've made an impact and you really have the passion and the, and the, you care about the firm and you just have to move on because it's a better opportunity for you. And so I think that as I sit down with candidates and I go through the pros and cons lists and talk about the objective pieces of it, that part's easy. It's the subjective pieces and, and I've, I've gotten a um, front row seat to what that's all about. So I'm very happy to be on the other side of that finally. Yeah, it sounds tough. Um, so you have a long, I mean, you're obviously a brand name in this world. Um, you know, there's a couple of us who kind of have been doing this a long time. You're one of them. You're based in New York and Connecticut, uh, Stanford, Connecticut as well. Can you just tell us a little bit about your, how you got into this industry, what you, and kind of your career trajectory throughout it? So I started out as a CPA, which I think is probably not a normal route to executive search. But one of the things that I've learned in kind of interviewing a ton of executive search folks is there is kind of no normal route to getting into executive search, but graduated from college and wanted to get a job where I could make some money, quite frankly. I was good at math, so I went into accounting, got my CPA license, worked at KPMG, and after a handful of years, realized that I loved working with the clients and I loved helping to build the talent, but I didn't really love 
reading through all the uh, private letter rulings and doing what it took to be a tax accountant. <laughs> so while um, while I enjoyed the client services piece of it, it, it was kind of my my prompt to move on. And we had a really good family friend. His name is Joe Healy. Hi, Joe, if you're listening. Um, and Joe convinced me that executive search would be the path for me. And I joined a firm called TMP Worldwide, which was the parent company of Monster.com, and got into the real estate group there 25 years ago and haven't really looked back. Spent a handful of years there, went to Rhodes Associates, went to Corn Ferry, went back to Rhodes Associates, and here I am. Well, that was quick. <laughs> um, so what do you think makes a great executive search professional and why have you been so i mean there's a lot of uh, a lot of executive search folks out there uh you were one of the more successful ones and one of the more well-known ones like what do what is what's the secret to your success well thank you i appreciate that um i think the key to being a great executive search professional is just loving what you do and feeling like you would get up in the morning and do this whether you were getting paid or not. And I feel like when you're dealing with people's lives, there's there's more at stake than like, you know, shutting off your phone at seven o'clock at the end of the day. It's 24-7. It's everywhere you go. It's everyone you meet. It's everything you do. And I think it's it's all encompassing. I think that the... I. My husband built up a very successful hospitality company and watching him do that and go through, you know, the, the client side of what it takes to build and hire and retain talent gives me the understanding of the other side of it. And I think that having the passion and the empathy and the empathy to understand what everybody is going through, clients and candidates, is I believe what makes somebody successful in this business. And I love, yeah, I love your passion for the industry. Um, I mean, you, you're right. You would, you, ha you have done this for not getting paid um, for clients sometimes um, just to, I mean, that's what makes us any good, successful executive search professional. Well, what's uh, your key to success? Uh, I, I enjoy meeting people. I enjoy getting to know people's, I mean, in some sense, we're a life coach to CEOs, right? It's like we, or whoever the hiring manager is, like we're, we have to come in and assess. There's a need. They don't always know what that need is. They think they might know what it is. Um, but there's a desire for something greater and to make their lives and their company run much smoother and be happier. And so they come to us and they don't always know what it is. They think they do sometimes. And then they talk to us and they ask us for advice of how to build out their companies and how to grow and how other people do it and the compensation structures. And it's like, we get to sit, you know, sit down with these folks and they're our ear and we get to help them come up with a game plan of how that's going to work. You know? So it's, it's much more than just, I didn't get into my fear when I started recruiting, it was just going to be like a transactional thing where it was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to be like a used car salesman. That was like my biggest fear. And I was like, I did not want to be a used car salesman. You are definitely not a used car salesman. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and so, I mean, I'm sure there are some, a lot of recruiters out there that are. Um, it's not the way I choose to operate in this world. 
Um, and I take that to my job as well. And so, you know, I, it, I'm passionate about it. I love the real estate industry. I'm an investor in real estate myself. I, I, I just, I soak up everything I can about real estate. And I also just really enjoy, you know, helping these companies and these generally CEOs come up with a solution to a problem they have um, and become a trusted advisor to them. And then it becomes more just, it becomes a lot more, it is a lot more than just, hey, we got a, we got a need, we got to fill it. You know, it's sitting down with them multiple times, brainstorming, uh, them telling us their problems and kind of sorting through it and figuring out solutions. And it's, it's, it's fun. It's like, it's like putting a puzzle together sometimes, you know, it's um, like, all right, how do we figure this out? And having somebody like you to now work with who thinks the same way and we can come up with a solution, it's, it's literally like one and one makes three. It's like, it's not just one and one plus two. It's, you know, us working together now with these clients and our shared knowledge and our shared the way we think, we think the same and our, our passion for it, you know, between the two of us, like it's just so much fun to come up with these solutions for the, our clients. I agree. We, we had breakfast with somebody this morning and it was so much fun to talk about, and he's built a successful company and now he's building another company and just sitting down and talking about, well, what does it take to build out that company? And what does it take from a human capital perspective? And the, the discussion around, you know, should you pay higher salaries? What do the bonuses look like? These are the things that really make or break a company. And I think that a lot of the senior executives, CEOs running businesses, they know what's been successful for them, but they don't know what's successful for a hundred other companies. And the fact that we have that seat at the table to me is always so exciting. The ability to share and the ability to turn to somebody who's quite frankly, much more successful than I'll ever be and say, with all due respect, I think that the way you're thinking about that might not be right. It's exciting. It's fun. It's fun to feel like, you know, when people call you and tell you, you've changed my life. I love my job. I love my company. Or you've changed my life. The talent that I have is just so incredible. It's just, that's what gets me up in the morning. I love it. Yeah, me too. And you've entered, you know, definitely, I mean, you have a lot of energy, ton of ideas. Um, the great thing about our firm, I feel, is that we're not so entrenched in certain ways of doing things. And so we can take best practices from across the industry and be creative um, and build out whatever we need to build out. You know, we're not just, it's not just, just one, there's a lot of firms I feel that have been around a long time. They have this certain way of doing things and that's it. Right. And now we get to choose our own adventure basically, as opposed right. to having to be just another number or another cog in the wheel. Um, well, that's what drew me to Jackson Lucas, the idea that we can do what we do for our clients, right? We can take all of the best practices of all of the places we've been and worked and the places where we know where other people have been and worked and pick and choose what makes a search firm great. What makes, you know, talking to HR executives and asking them what would make your life better? What could we do? Not the other way around. Not this is how we do it. Take it or leave it. What can we do? How can we build out our practice so that we can serve you? and help you to be more successful. And that's really great. Yeah, and we have such a, a, all the partners here come, and a lot of them come from other shops. And so they have ways of doing things and they came here because they wanted to build out something. 
um, and add, you know, maybe they didn't like the way the culture was at the other firm or something. And so they came here and, uh, you know, have the ability now to kind of build out the culture and the best practices that they want. And it's, it's truly like all, everyone here is, has a vote seat at the table and a vote at the table and which makes it awesome. And it, it provides like everyone has feels like they have an ownership stake in the company and the growth of the company, which is awesome. Um, but getting back specific to real estate, like what, what have been like the most, what have you been seeing in the hiring trends recently? Um, any sort of asset classes? Um, how, how do you see salaries? Like what, what, anything, any thoughts on that? Asset classes. Well, I think it's kind of the, what everybody's hearing, which is office. We're not sure people are pausing. Industrial is hot. Multifamily is hot. Um, I'm going to hope that hospitality stays hot and grows and becomes hotter. But um, hospitality, I think, is having an interesting time right now because with the ability for people to start to work remotely, you know, kind of in this post-COVID, I'm going to say post-COVID, hopefully, world, um, you know, the occupancy rates on Sunday nights going up incrementally and, and helping build out that business. Um, and I think that we're going to see kind of a little bit of a change in the way a lot of these asset classes blend together. So in talking to a lot of retail folks, it's not just about putting in retail, it's about making it an experience, making it a reason why somebody would shop at your store versus going into, just going on the internet and shopping. Um, I think there's, we're at a very interesting moment in time in real estate where things are being reimagined and there's a kind of a, a hotelification that's happening across office, retail, multi, where everybody wants to put customer service first. I'm seeing, you know, when you ask specifically about roles, I'm seeing a lot of asset manager roles and chief operating officer roles roll in because they are, companies are needing to work on their bottom line and they realize that maybe that's not happening through acquisitions right now with the interest rates being what they are. So instead they're gonna take their assets and just figure out a way to extract every single dollar from them. Um, it's, it's an interesting point in time and I think what happens to office and retail, and I'm, I'm a big believer in both asset classes, but I think it's going to be reimagined a little bit. And I love having the seat at the table with a lot of these owners and CEOs and just talking about how that happens. All right. I hope I answered all the questions. There were a lot. A lot. <laughs> what did I miss? What <laughs> about, uh, I mean, yeah. So there, the, the last couple of years has been like the hottest job market in the history of mankind. Probably not even joking about that. Uh, everyone was moving around. Salaries were going way up. Um, have you seen a slowdown in that? Um, where where do you see the job market in general? So compensation, that was the question that I missed. The big one, my favorite one. Um, well, it's interesting. I've, I've been working on a handful of compensation studies. And when I look at the associate VP level, I find that the numbers are incrementally higher. And sometimes there are people at at the VP level making more than folks above them. And I think the reason is 
if people have moved in the last two years, the amount of money that it took to bring them over kind of broke the bank, right? It's, and when I look at co companies, I think everyone's trying to compete for this same level of top talent. And it, I, I can't foresee a way that it's, you know, and I, I'm not thrilled about raising interest rates continually, but I feel like there is going to have to be some kind of a break in what's happening because the comp levels keep going up and up and up. And we're getting to a point now where companies can't afford to hire associates and senior associates at the level that they're needing to in order to either retain their top talent or bring top talent over. So we're, we're definitely, the compensation results of all of these studies are very, very interesting. And I think if you did a comp study in 2020, it's outdated. It's definitely, we're, we're seeing some really big differences right now in the, in the market. And where it goes from here, I don't know. I mean, I feel like people are still all wanting that top talent. And there's just, you know, even now bidding, trying to, people trying to make end of year offers having to pay out those large bonuses yeah. to bring people over because you, you can't bring somebody over over in October or November and expect them to give up a big chunk of their compensation. So we're, we're in an interesting time. Yeah. I don't, I feel companies are now trying to come back on that. Like, yeah, they, they were paying like, yeah, they're paying associates higher than VP. It was like messing up their whole org chart and their pay scale and, People find out about that stuff. People talk and they're like, wait a minute, this guy's making this much and I'm making this much and I have a higher, I have a higher title or like the associate left firm A and the VP at firm A is like, whoa, I can't believe he got this increase. And then they come to me, Chris, can you get me that increase? And it's like, well, I think probably, you, probably <laughs> but also like, hey, that was a, even six months ago or a year ago, it was a different market. Uh, it was so, it was, it fluctuates. Um, it's like the stock market. It could like, some days it's up, some days it's down, some days it's it's flat. Um, I don't know why it's like that. I mean, there's, there's no no way to really tell how it's going to be. Um, well, it's interesting because I think that with with the with kind of a lot of the news that's coming out, as people call and they say, "Okay, well, I want to hire this person and I want to pay less." People, right. although although it fluctuates, people are still at their comp levels, right? So it's yeah. it's interesting because there's there's a moment in time now where it's harder to bring people over if you wanted, if you don't want to pay that premium, because unless you're looking at people who've been in their roles for a long time, they already have that premium. Yeah. It's like when it. people were like, Oh, I want to get a COVID discount on, on people. There was probably four months of COVID discount. Um, and then everything went skyrocketing. Um, uh, and then there was no discount. And so people are now saying, I want an interest rate discount. Um, but it's like these, yeah, they're, they're not, there's no, there's, there's no people, there's not a lot of people on the street. Right. And not the people that most people would want. Yeah. To hire, so, where, so who are you going to get a discount on? Right. Um, if you want top talent, you got to pay for it still. Um, it's like anything else. And I just went through this with a client who's hiring a CEO and it's, you know, if, if you want a Mercedes, you're kind of paying for a Mercedes. You're not going to get a Buick for the you know, a price yeah. of a price of a Buick to get a Mercedes. So, um, there's nothing wrong with a Buick yeah. if you want a Buick, right? But if of you course. really want a Mercedes, then you're gonna have to pay for it, right? Now, tell me about you. Where'd you Where'd you grow up? Like, 
did you ever, did you always have a dream of being uh, in real estate? Where'd that passion come from? So I, I made the mistake of saying at, at a meeting the other day, <laughs> I know, you know what I'm going to say, um, that they called me Little Lisa from the block. Um, I grew up in Brooklyn and not bougie Brooklyn. I grew up in kind of the, the hardcore Brooklyn and I didn't know I wanted to get into real estate. You know what? I think, I don't even know if I knew what real estate was. I, I, I feel like I grew up in, a, in an area where if you wanted to get out, you looked for a job where you were going to get out of school and make money. And to me, that was, went to SUNY Albany where I could study accounting, studied accounting, and got a job at KPMG. And that was my ticket out. When people said to me that they were bankers, I thought they meant that was like the teller at the local chase. I didn't. Have you, yeah, have you seen The Office where he's like, he <laughs> yeah. yeah, they, um, as, a, as a side note now, I, I just saw that in the metaverse, you can actually be like sit in the office in like the new right. metaverse. So if you want to hang out with Michael Scott and Pam, you can. But oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of cool. So anyway, I, um, I always knew that I wanted more, that I wanted to be kind of what I felt was successful, and that was the ability to raise my children in a safe area, have a, you know, the ability to buy what I wanted when I wanted it, not to have to, you know, rely on anybody's handouts to, to live life. And I kind of chased that and ultimately found myself here. And, you know, real estate is interesting because a lot of the people that you meet, it's, it's not all, it's not just one path to the top, as you know. I mean, I meet CEOs who grew up very privileged and I meet CEOs who grew up just like me. And I think that we, we all share in common that grit. I think successful real estate people have that passion, that grit, that like, you know, I'll stay up until five in the morning to get it done if I'm, if I'm closing a deal. Um, so I've just always loved being in a client service business because I enjoy all of the different people that I get to meet. Have you always been a people person or are you I, shy? You're not shy now. I, I was never shy. I was never shy. Mm -hmm. My my parents used to tell me they would take me to the beach, Brighton Beach in Brooklyn, and they would like close their eyes as like most good parents and back in the day. Um, and they would look up and where was I? They couldn't find me. And they said, even at like four or five years old, I would be like on like a blanket with like a bunch of old ladies, like telling them stories and putting on shows <laughs> for them. My first day of kindergarten, I sang, I'm a little teapot to the class because they were sad kids. I was never, I, I don't <laughs> understand introverts. I, I respect them, but I am a full on extrovert, get my energy from being around people. Well, I can tell it's great. <laughs> So what are your plans over the next couple of years with Jackson Lucas? World domination. World domination. Yeah. Perfect. Well, my plan is I want to build a place that is kind of a one-stop shop for, for CEOs and for HR executives that we can kind of be their go-to to help them. So it's everything from we need to hire talent, we need to take a look at our org chart and see who we have, succession planning, see where our gaps are. You might have somebody in each seat, but you might have a huge gap and not even realize it. And I, I, those are my favorite conversations to have with companies, which is like, what do you have? What are you missing? 
What are your competitors doing that you're not thinking about? And then th that's the challenging part and the fun part. And then filling in the boxes with, with talent that culturally fits into or culturally adds to an organization. Um, and what, what I also love about being here is that there's we, I can reimagine this with you in any way. So building out a strong compensation consulting practice, building out leadership and talent development, executive coaching, I think putting somebody into an executive seat and not giving them first 90 days of coaching is a huge mistake because there are so many things that somebody needs to kind of integrate. And I think sometimes HR can't do that for the, for the CEO, COO, CFOs. Um, and also I love the idea that we have this sister company, the Backrack Group, where we can help you find your executive, executive assistant, or we can help you find 10 back office IT or accounting people. And so it's, it's the idea that I want to get into the companies deep enough that if I meet somebody, I would call them up and say, Hey, I have this person and you might not need somebody right now, but meet them because this is your kind of person and really just helping companies to build successful organizations. That's all. Great answer. That's it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and we're, yeah, we're growing in different offices. We just, uh, I believe we're signing a lease up in Boston now, which is great. And we have, yeah, we have people all over the country and we're not just centralized in New York, which is, you know, used to be the hub and it's still the hub, I guess, of real estate, but it's real estate spread all across the country now. Um, you know, even what we used to consider, you know, kind of small cities now have institutionalized real estate where they need our services. And it's great to have people in all these locations. Right. We have clients in Minnesota and Detroit and across the country. And I think that being able to match our offices and our talent to the location allows us to just have that footprint. You know, we're doing a search in Miami. We have folks down in Florida doing searches in California, folks out there. I think it matters because we get to know the talent personally, as opposed to, okay, I have a list of 20 people. It was actually, it was funny when we were out in California, we, we went to this event and it was interesting to me because I thought to myself, wow, I, when I'm in New York, I know, everyone in the room, but I don't really know very many of these people. And yeah. so I really enjoyed being there with you because you knew all of those people and this idea that we could like, you know, and we have folks all over the country who do that. And I think that's wonderful. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, it's quite comfortable in this office right now, but are you ready for the hot seat? Yes, I am. Oh. The Hot Seat is sponsored by KK Reset. KK Reset is an HR management and outsourcing consulting firm that specializes in helping organizations to reset their culture, structure, and path. They do this through services which include comprehensive consultation to identify gaps and opportunities for corporate training programs, HR services, and career mapping services. They've collaborated with nonprofit startups and academic organizations to protect them from liabilities, reduce turnover, and preserve their brands. They have also collaborated with a number of my clients on the real estate front who are not large enough to have their own in-house HR program. So 
they outsource it to KK Reset. KK Reset comes in, maybe sits on site a couple days a week and provides you know everything you need from an HR perspective for your, for your firm. So it's a great uh, resource for those shops who just maybe it doesn't make sense for them to have in-house HR function. Um, so please check them out at kkreset.com. K-K-R-E-S-E-T.com. Hot in here. Do you have a book and podcast recommendation? Well, obviously, I'm going to recommend this podcast, best. the best podcast, because this is the one that I'm going to co-host with you going forward. <laughs> um, but I actually love the Goop podcast. That's a kind of a guilty pleasure. Um, and then to counterbalance that, my favorite book that I'm that I've read and now I'm listening to 30 minutes every night, probably for the rest of my life, is Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. And it's you know, it's really interesting to listen to the, the philosophical pieces of what she has to say. And whether you agree with her politics or not, I think it's just, it's fascinating to, to kind of get into it and think about it and kind of debate both sides. So I've never read her. You have to. My uncle, his development company is called Fountainhead development so he's read because it. he's read it yeah so i've never read her um but maybe i will uh do you have any advice for anyone looking to start out in either the executive search field or the real estate field so starting out let's let's start with real estate i think my advice would be meet as many people as you can talk to as many people as you can get involved with things like ULI young leaders get involved with the the different young real estate groups. I think what makes somebody successful is also understanding a market. And so I'm I'm fortunate enough to have a two super smart and motivated children. And my daughter's in college right now, and we're I'm kind of helping her to think through her summer internships. And one of the things I keep telling her, and she's been great at this, is talk to people about what they do because you might not even know that a job exists that could be at the sweet spot of all of your passions. Um, I think going into a job because you think it sounds sexy is the worst thing you could do. I think that if you don't love actual analytics, don't be a banker because you think you want to do big M&A deals because it's going to take you a long time to get to the top and life is short. Um, I think that being a real estate person, the people who are the most successful love the dirt, love the buildings. I walk around with my husband at his hotels and he loves the hotels. It's not, it's not that he loves them on a spreadsheet. He loves like if there's garbage in the lobby, he's picking it up. I mean, you, you see the passion um, in, in that. And so I think just getting as much knowledge as you can about what you're going into and talking to a lot of people. And then another piece of what I'm hoping to add to this podcast is kind of a takeoff on Guy Raz's How I Built This, which is how people got into real estate and what they do. And that is kind of something I'm hoping to give back to students and people thinking about coming into real estate so that they can they can listen to what what leaders in real estate have done and what they what their role is day in and day out. Because sometimes you get into a job and you're like, oh, I hate this job. Like maybe when I get to the next level, I'll like it. And then you get there and you're like, I kind of still hate it. So I don't think you should always look at the sexiest piece of what you do. You should look at the job day in and day out. And 
that comes from meeting people. Um, and it, get executive search, I think it's exactly the same. I think that if you love people, executive search is a really fun place to be. If you're passionate about people's careers and about companies and helping them to grow, the psychological and organizational consulting aspect of what we do is not for everyone, but it is definitely a fun career that I think most people don't know about. So maybe we'll do a uh, how I built this version of, it, of executive recruiters at some point. And you're interviewing all the top executive recruiters? Exactly. Just the two of them. And then hiring them. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, what do you look for in hiring someone? Like when you're looking for someone to work with you, not necessarily a client, because every client has different hiring needs and different cultures, but what, what type of person works best with you? The number one thing I look for is grit, is passion, is if, you know, it's, if the coffee machine's broken, you're not gonna just walk back to your desk and say, oh, well, the coffee machine's broken, that you're somebody who's gonna say, how do we get this fixed? Who needs to get it fixed? What do we need to do? How can I help? Can I order a part? It's very important to me that everybody thinks about the holistic part of the company. And I don't care if you are like, you came out of college yesterday or you've been doing this for 40, 50 years. To me, what makes somebody successful and what I care about most is that real passion, grit, caring about what you do day in and day out. And I feel like anybody can learn if they have that. Do you have any specific interview questions you like to ask? So I like to, I don't have a specific interview question that I like to ask. I usually like to ask people, I usually like to get to know people. I think that getting to know how somebody grew up, how somebody lives their life, um, and how somebody cares about what they do. You know, I always like to ask people about their hobbies and see if people have passions outside of work, passions outside of business. I, I think that people who are, you know, I keep saying it, but passionate and gritty in their life bring that to work. And I think, I, I always say, if you want something done, give it to the busiest person. I look for people who are, who keep themselves busy and who, you know, if they have three days of free time, they're going to play a sport or have a hobby or something else that they're passionate about. And I love athletes and ex-military people for that reason. I, yeah, I'm a person, if I have nothing to do, like I won't do one thing, but if I have a hundred things to do, I'll do 101. Same for me, which is why even in like the heart of COVID, I tried my best to go into the office because I feel like when you wake up and you get dressed, and this isn't for everyone, but for me, just being, you know, like we're in the office right now and we're probably two of the only people here, but I feel like the being around and keeping busy is, is I don't know, I think it's great. Me too. All right, this is called the Impact Real Estate Podcast. How does your career have impact? Well, one of the things that I'm very passionate about, I, I'm really involved in an organization called Project Destined. And Project Destined, you know, we didn't really talk about this at all, but one of the things that all of our clients are really focused on right now is hiring diverse candidates. And I think looking at when companies bring in a diverse candidate who doesn't have the skills and education to be in that seat, you're setting, in my opinion, 
you're setting a lot of diverse candidates back. You're not, you're not helping, you're hurting because then people assume that you're in that seat because of that. And what Project Destin does is we educate students in specifically in real estate that are diverse. And Cedric Bobo, who's the CEO, has done a phenomenal job of taking this diverse at, at the at the high school and college level talent, training them. And we have a ton of the, the big organizations that are involved and they sponsor teams and the teams then compete and and present on live deals and the the companies that sponsor our mentors and help the talent to learn. And I think that those internship programs, and then what I try to do is I try to overlay it with um, with HR consulting for them with, you know, I, I had somebody who called this summer and she said, you know, I'm really unhappy in my internship because I'm in, I'm like sitting in like the corner and I don't like where I'm sitting. And then like, they don't talk to me all day, but then at the end of the day, you know, they want me to stay and just trying to kind of give to her and all of the students, this idea that, you know what, you're there to absorb as much as you can. So if you're sitting at your desk all day and you have nothing to do, go over to somebody, introduce yourself, say, hey, you know, is there, can I just watch you? Can I learn from you? Can I, and really helping students and especially folks who may not have grown up in homes where, where they learn that at home to see what it takes to be an executive. And that that's, I, I do it through ULI and the mentorship program and I do it through Project Destined. And I feel like my, biggest impact and where I try to give impact is at the intersection of real estate, diversity, and just young talent looking to learn. Wow. That was a good answer. Well, Lisa Flicker, head of the real estate at Jackson Lucas, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Your podcast. Thank you for having me. And um, for those of you who don't know, Chris actually brought me out my own microphone today. So it's, it's a very exciting day for me. You'll see me carrying that microphone around town. Look for me. She looks just like Janet Jackson in that video. Thank you all. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.